Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. of fools will do what? Be destroyed. He that walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 13, 20. The new, uh, the, the new Living Translation says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and do what? And get in trouble. So that means that wisdom is in the kind of relationships you are in. And trouble is in the kinds of relationship you are in. Are, are we together? That means that a man can avert trouble by changing his relationships. So all a man needs to do to avert trouble is to start walking, is to stop walking with fools and start walking with the wise men. Uh, my parents are educationists. I read education first degree. One of the easiest ways to make a dull student become bright is to is to um, join them up with bright, not join them necessarily, but ask them to work with the bright people. You see that all the dull people always work together. You see that at the back of the class, right? They are the ones who get angry when you ask questions. See, do you, does any of you have a question? Say no, no ma, no ma. They just want the class to close and then they go and play. So if you if your child is dull. I know psychologists will say there's no dull child. It's only that they're not learning quickly or they're not catching up. So if the child is not catching up quickly, all right, push them ahead to associate with people that are catching up quickly. Okay? Now, this is what's going to happen. It's not necessarily that that child is dull. It's that the habits around success... Is not among the people he's working with. So this is what will happen. By the time the child, I'm using an example, by the time the child moves to the front of the class, he's not distracted. When teaching is going on, that means he will hear more. Uh, the, the people who are do, coming out first, second, and the rest, they always make sure their homework is done on time. I mean, his habits will just change, and what's going to happen? His results will follow suit. So, let's, let's not always make it look like life is unpredictable. Let's not always make it look like life is not fair to me. The truth of the matter is, we, we expect positive results with undisciplined habits. So, we expect our life to go well, and we break all the rules. So, the educationist will tell you, if I can change, and that's why sometimes when, when um, you go to school, I don't know how it really runs now, but when you go to school and the grades of your children are dropping, the first question the teacher will ask you is, who are his friends? Make sure your phones are switched off, please. It really distracts me when I'm teaching God's Word. Alright? Now, you, you, are, you, you, you find that, they would ask you, who are what? His friends. And you know the reason why? Because 
If his association begins to change, his grades will follow suit. It's a law. So where you are right now is predominantly by your association. Now I'm going to read two scriptures that the Lord dropped in my heart this morning and we'll pick up from there. Uh, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 12. Very interesting story. 1 Kings chapter 12. I've told a lot from this story, but I really did not see it from the point of relationships. 1 Kings chapter 12. Very interesting. Then, we're going to stop at verse... But in fact, this is what, this is what I got in the office this morning that I was really wondering. And, uh, verse 13. We're going to stop at verse 13. But follow the story very carefully. Alright? And... Um, now, verse 15, we'll stop. Verse 1, you know the story. Let me read quickly. Then Jeroboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. Now, when Jeroboam, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, heard it, he was uh, living in Egypt, for he was yet in Egypt where he had fled from the presence of King Solomon. This is another king. Then they sent to him and called him and Jeroboam, and all the assemblies of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard. Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. Then he said to them, Depart for three days, then return to me. So the people departed. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders. Now observe that. Who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you cancel me to answer these people? Then he spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to these people today, and we serve them, and grant them their petition. I mean, if you remember what we were dealing with on Wednesday. Leadership and service. Speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the elders Which they had given him And consulted with the young men Who grew up with him and saved him I've told you that one of the things You should always watch in your life Is the people that grew up with you We always feel that If people grow up with us They should be with us for the rest of our life You've got to watch it Some of those relationships are very emotional With no value Now go on Just leave that he says, so he said to them, what counsel do you give that we may answer these people who have spoken to me, saying, lighten the yoke which your father put on us. The young men who grew up with him spoke to him, saying, the course you shall say to these people who spoke to you, saying, your father made our yoke heavy, now you make it lighter for us. But you shall speak to them. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. You know, when you make a statement like that, mm, that's deep. It looks like a wise statement. The other people just said, the elders just said, you know what, serve these people. Speak to them well. Talk to them with good words. Did you see that in the advice there? Verse 7, speak good words to them. He, he, you know, the elders say, you know what, serve these people. Talk to them nicely. The, the, his generation said, tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. When you look at those two statements, which one looks like a parable that has wisdom? Huh? Huh? Talk to me, church. The, the last one, right? Where you say, my, fat, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Say, hey, that's wisdom. He doesn't know that his destruction is in that parable. Read on. Whereas my father loaded you with heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with wheat, or I will discipline you with scorpions. Then Jeroboam and all the people came to Jeroboam on the third day as king had directed, saying, Return to me on the third day. The king asked the people harshly. 
For he forsook the advice of the elders which they had given him. Now, this is where I want you to pay attention to. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Look at verse 15. This is where I have never really um, studied, but came very strong to me in the office today. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of events from the Lord that he might establish his word, which the Lord spoke to Ahijah the Shilonite, to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. That means the Lord, pay attention to this, the Lord had determined that the kingdom would be separated. But there was no way for that word to come to pass except through the relationships around him. So, God made it that he listened to the wrong people, then that negative prophecy came to pass. How he managed that situation determines what came to pass in his life. This is the catch. Everything God has spoken to you will come to pass based on how you manage the relationships around you today. If God looks at you and says, you're going to be a great man, but you don't manage the relationships around you, you listen to the wrong people, that word will never come to pass. And again, if the enemy wants you to fail, he would do it by how you manage the relationship amongst you. That's why you realize this. That anywhere you find someone who is failing, there's someone in that same spot who is succeeding. Any city, you find a failure, you will find somebody succeeding. Listen to me, saints of God. Don't take this message lightly. Everything that God has ordained in your life will come to pass based on how you manage the relationships around you. Luke 6, 38, give it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed and shaken together and running over. Shall God do what? Cause men to do what? To give to you. Your answers to prayers are in men. Some of you are praying, oh, oh I want a great life. I, I want to succeed. You know, I want to behave. You know, and God brings people around you to counsel you. And you don't receive their counsel. He's rejected the counsel of the elders. So that this word will come to pass. And this is big. I don't want you to think on this. This is big. Everything that God has spoken to you. You are going to be a great man. You are going to be a brave. You are going to listen. If you listen to the wrong counsel. Let me tell you something. God does not force his words on people. People create environment for those words to come to pass. I don't care what God has spoken to you. If you don't have the right environment, it will not come to pass. God is a big God, but he's also a just God. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on church, are you here? So you can't be careless with relationships. You can't joke with relationships. You can't throw away relationships that are destiny molding because you are just emotional. Let me tell you, there are 7 billion people in this world. There are a lot of people in this world. <laughs> a lot. Oh, a lot. The good, the bad, the ugly. Whatever level of madness you have, there is somebody who is corresponding at that level somewhere in the world. Whatever virtues you have, whatever values you have, And, and I, I really want to plead with you as we, as we progress in life, as the world becomes darker and more perverse, we cannot joke with destiny relationships. 
You are one relationship away from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Are you, are you still here? And another story that came to my heart this morning. So, so I just want to say this. Uh, Rehoboam had the opportunity to extend his kingly dynasty and become more influential. He had the older men around him. He had his peers. He had a kingdom. He chose who to listen to. Sometimes, listen to this. The advice that will set you on the path of destiny might not look very... How will I put it now? It might not look very serious, very tense. It might just be simple stuff. Oh, when you look at his advice and the advice of the elders and the advice of the peers, the one with the peers looked more like, ah, no, just give him simple stuff, simple stuff. You see, it's the simple stuff in life that gets life moving. The simple things in life. Have you realized how, have you, have you seen someone struggling to breathe? In, maybe in the hospital, they have to plug oxygens and they have to plug all of those things. And you see how intense that is. Have you seen how natural it is for you to just breathe? You know sometimes we are not conscious that we are breathing. Imagine if you have to wind yourself like this three times before you breathe once. You will be conscious. But you know it's just natural, it's just simple, you just breathe. The, the things that make for success in life are not complicated. Are you, are you following this? Alright, the next one. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. Interesting story. For relationships. Mark chapter 2, am I right? Okay, when, verse 1. When he had come to Campanion, several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home. Theologians have it that this was the house this was Jesus' house this was his own personal house when he had come to companion several days after it was heard that he was home and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room not even uh, near the door and he was speaking the word to them and they when he uses the word they sometimes just like friends the friends of a man came bringing to him a paralytic man carried by four men but being unable to get to him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had dug an opening they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying and Jesus seeing their faith the faith of who not the faith of the paralytic the faith of the four men said to the paralytic man son your sins are forgiven one of the reasons theologians believe that this was the house of Jesus was there was no Pharisee that would allow you to pull the roof of their house and not talk about it. You know. But the thing I want to pick here in terms of relationship is who are the people around you? Two things I want to say and this is very important, very prophetic. The four men got to the gate and they couldn't get in. But they knew Jesus had the capacity to heal their friend. They went up. Took out the roof. I want you to imagine the work they put in. Took out the roof and lowered the man at the feet of Jesus. Your friends are those who bring you closer to Christ, not those who take you farther away from Him. If you are in danger today, do you have friends who can pray you out? If you are in problems today, do you have people who can take the extra effort and bear you in faith and bring you to the feet of Jesus? You know the man at the beautiful gate. What did his friends do? His friends took, always took him to the beautiful gate also to beg arms. 
So your friends will ultimately take you to a certain destination. It's either at the feet of Jesus or dependency on man. No relationship, pay very careful attention to my words, no relationship should lead you to compromise your values. If it is, that relationship is too expensive for your destiny. And don't think the future will arrange itself. You are arranging the future every day by your choices. You know, some of us just feel the future, I don't know how we even think, whether the future is just like one day we'll just wake up, then everything will just be fine. You know, when you have watched too much uh, African magic, you just see that one day you just wake up, somebody will just call you, and just bang, and then you just buy a car, and then you'll just be fine. No, <laughs> you are in the future. Oh, this is your future. The future is bright, the future is bright. What are you doing to brighten the future? If you are not doing anything to brighten the future, what you are just... I mean, it's just the way it is. Nothing will change. Absolutely nothing will change. Praise God. If you are not taking conscious steps, nothing will change. There are things you should be doing today that, that you know, when I talk, talk with our men, I told them about building the systems of success. There are things you need to build around your life today. You know that if I consistently do this thing in the right track, I'll get here. Don't live your life on assumptions. Praise God forevermore. Don't live your life on what? Assumptions. So we've seen to... I want to show you another friend. Job chapter 42 verse 7. Let's do this quickly. We have a lot to go. Job 42 7. Interesting. You know when Job fell into that calamity. Job 42 7. When Job fell into that calamity, his friends came. Now, uh, this is not a theology class. But let me give you a little bit of theology here. Now, pay very close attention. There's what you call the poetic books in the Old Testament. Alright? Songs of Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Book of Job is one of the oldest literature. When you are reading the book of Job, a lot of people read the book of Job and read it like God is speaking. And that is why people attribute certain statements to Job, to, sorry, to God, when it actually wasn't God speaking. Uh, so the three friends of Job spoke a lot in the book of Job, and it was their perception of God that was not correct, so God corrected it. Now, if their perception of God was not correct, and God corrected it, it means that they did not represent God well in their speeches. And so when you are reading the book of Job, the first thing to find out is, who is doing the talking? Are you following this? Who is doing the talking? If, if you find out who is doing the talking, then you will find out if God endorsed that. And that's where a lot of preachers make mistakes in the book of Job, because they just read everything with Job and say, the Bible said. That's not true. Job 42.7 It came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job That the Lord said to Eliphaz uh, The Termonites My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends Look at this Because 
you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job's has. That means what they said of God to Job was not the current representation of God. But what I want to pick out here, we'll deal with that when we're doing theological stories. But what I want to pick here is that you can have friends who talk to you and they misrepresent God to you. And so you need to decipher when your friends are speaking to you if this is actually God speaking. Your, your friend can you tell you, my friend, he have help those who help themselves. Say, mm-hmm, I'm seeing it. If both of you are seeing darkness. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me tell you. Your closest friend will either inspire you to righteousness or inspire you to iniquity. No two ways about it. And not every counsel given by a friend should be taken. That is why you must have your value system. That is why you must know what you believe. That is why you must have your boundaries. Because listen very carefully to what I'm sharing with you this morning. Most time, people let down their guards when they are with their friends. And because they let down their guards when they are with their friends, all kinds of things can seep in through that relationship. There is nobody who separated from their home that one of their friends is not aware and did not agree with them. No woman will ever do that. No man will ever do that. Nobody. Listen, there is no decision that anybody will take that one of their friends is not endorsing. Somebody in this life must be saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Things will scatter, but later they will arrange. It is after scattering things arranged. Say, mm-hmm, I've seen it. Keep seeing. You know, sometimes people speak like they really know the future and they don't. Be weary of people who confidently counsel you without the word of God. You know why? They are giving you counsel based on nothing that is eternal. Nothing. Whether it's money, whether it's opportunities, whether it's fame, they're giving you counsel based on that. So he says, listen. And God, they had to, God told them to perform sacrifice. He says, take seven bulls. Yeah, God had to tell them, say, for this misrepresentation, go and offer sacrifice. That's how bad they misrepresented God. They took offerings to Job, burnt offerings. Job had to pray for them. Because they committed abomination. Now, imagine if God did not speak to Job that the representation of his friends were wrong. What would have happened? Job would run along that line. So if Job was not hearing from God, his friend would have led led him astray. That means that every friendship around your life is subject to your personal values. Because your friends can be wrong. Oh, this my friend has my best interest in heart. We, We agree. But you can have the best interest of someone at heart and still be wrong. Peter had the best interest of Jesus at heart. And after he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Wow, Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And then Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross. Then Peter said, Excuse me, I want to see you. Let me see you. See, these issues around cross, dying, rising again at the third day, um, I will lay my life down. See, don't confess negative. 
Go and read Mark eleven twenty three. You shall have what you say. Don't be saying cross, cross, cross. You will die. You know what Jesus says? He get there behind me, Satan. Do you know what? Jesus subjected the counsel of Peter to the voice of the Lord. Hear me well this morning. If you don't subject your relationship to the voice of the Lord, it will lead you out of the purpose of God. No relationship on this earth is what's been led out of God's plan for your life. Did you hear what I said? Come on, church. Did you hear what I said? No relationship in this world is what's been led out of the plan of God for your life. And every body around you should be aware of that. Everybody, your closest friend, should know where you stand on certain matters. And I've always said there are no permanent friends in life, there are only permanent values. The day your values change, that friendship is subjected to review. Are you following this? Yeah. And I'll tell you this. If you take these simple things and apply them to your life, you would, you would excel. That's the truth. You would excel. You would excel. Now, three categories of relationships in your life. Please, if you were not here last Sunday, endeavor to get the Part one, please. We'll just continue. Three categories of relationship in your life. You know, we, we stopped at how relationships should be formed, right? Relationships should be formed based on what? Values, vision, and what? Virtues. Three categories of relationship in your life. Number one, those above you. Those above you. Like the elders, there are people above you. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. Luke 2, 46. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke 2, 46. Thank you, Lord. Alright. Then after three days, they were, when they were looking for Jesus, <laughs> they found him in the temple. Look at what Jesus was doing. Sitting in the midst of the teachers, both doing what? Hey church, everybody, let's read it. Want to go? Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both doing what? Listening to them and doing what? Hmm. He was listening and asking questions. Pay attention to this. This is Jesus, the Son of God. Incarnate Son of God. But where he was at this level, he knew that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were above him. When he went to the temple, he wasn't preaching. He was listening and asking questions. In life, recognize the relationships that are above you. I never... And I say this very carefully, but it's my life philosophy. I never place premium value on someone who despises the counsel of a mentor. 
never. That if a mentor, someone you look up to gives you counsel and you despise it, it tells a lot about who you are. You know, we have prepared or we have prepared uh, something we're going to run, an online school, and I sent it to one of the, the people I look up to in ministry. We designed everything. In fact, I was just sending him to be aware because he was speaking. Then he sends it back to me and says, this, 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 you go out. You know, I have my reasons for putting it. Then I said, yes, sir, I'll, I'll tell the graphics designer to, to make the adjustment. So I sent it back. So he, 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 he looked at it again. He says, change this, this, right? And changed it. In fact, I had to beg my brother, please. Then when we finished, he now told me, this is why I said you should do this and do this and do this and do this. Now, pay attention. He didn't tell me why I should do it at first. He just told me, what? Change it. A mentor will not have time to explain all his instructions to you. So if you commit, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your life, in your spiritual life, you commit and say, this is my mentor, this is the man I'm following, or this is the woman I'm following. If you've done all your check, you're convinced in your spirit, you have to learn to obey instructions. Ask questions. And listen when they speak. There are times you shouldn't be doing the talking in life. You should be doing the listening. And at those times, you should be asking questions. Be asking questions. Look at Jesus. I want you to see this is Jesus. But you know, a time came when he began to teach the Pharisees. <laughs> so, your relationships can progress. But at this level, for those above you, you ask questions. You see a man who has risen credibly within the ranks of your organization to become a manager or uh, a top man in your organization and you have access to him and all you are talking about is, is <laughs> you're talking about non-essentials. That is the opportunity to glean wisdom. And you have to be deliberate in your mind about this. You have to be deliberate in your mind about this. That the relationships ahead of me is to learn. Let me tell you, if anybody has been successful and that person is in front of you, you don't need to pass through their mistakes anymore if you are wise. And that is why sometimes you discover that children suffer because they don't listen to their fathers. If their fathers have done rightly, they now repeat that same mistake. If you actually, if somebody is ahead of you, your life can go faster than them because they can point out all the areas you shouldn't. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, sometimes I'm counsel- I have quite a number of young ministers I'm counseling, and then I'm counseling a couple of ministers. They reach out to me, and I say, Oh, I think you should do this. Yeah, you know, and then they start talking, and they start talking, and they start talking. Then they start teaching me. And I say, Wow. And okay. You know, a pastor asked me something about international ministry, so I was sharing some things with him. He said, No, but he thinks he should be doing that. He thinks he should do this. So I said, Okay. So I said, have you traveled to preach before? He said, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I've been to Ghana maybe like six years ago. So I said, okay. 
And then you know our human nature. They want to know what you have achieved before they listen to you. So I told him, this thing you're doing will not work if you go, to, go on international itinerary. An international itinerary is different from a local itinerary. The rules differ. So I told him, I've been to 14 nations to preach. And you know, if the 14 nations, if he's thinking it is uh, Togo and Benin and Kotonou, he will not. So I mentioned the ones he will respect first. So I said, I've preached in the US, I've preached in Belgium, I've preached in Jordan, I've preached in Dubai. And so, oh, man of God, man of God, I'm not seeing sense. He said, he said, he said I'm seeing sense in what you're saying. You are not seeing sense. <laughs> what you're just seeing is names of countries. So, do you understand what I'm saying? He said, you don't need people to tell you who they are before you respect the wisdom they're giving to you. Especially if they have proven track records. Are you following what I'm saying? If you have ever been to the hospitals, general hospitals now, right? I just use general hospitals because that's the experience I, I have. And you see all those matrons that have delivered several all kinds of pregnant women. Eh? <laughs> they will just walk. You know why they are trying to do this? They will just touch, touch. Say, don't worry. I won't give birth now. This, this thing was not bought. It's by years of t- they are touched all kinds. They will just tell you don't. And if you listen to them, you will give them. For say no, but when I was on Google, somebody said, they said "Don't worry, this is not Google. <laughs> that thing." And it will work that way. Why destroy your life when you have a mentor in front of you? Mike Mudok said this. You know, Mike Mudok divorced quite early in life. And he said this, very wise man, very wise man. But he said something. He said when he brought the lady who was to marry to the mother, the mother pointed out a few things. And uh, he didn't pay attention. But he said what my mother saw in one day, it took me 11 years to see. It was 11 years after his marriage broke apart. When people are ahead of you, Someone might, your boss might see a potential in you and be advising you based on that potential that even you are not aware of. Do you understand that? You might not be aware of it. So Jesus, these two words, don't ever forget them. Their relationship, that your role in those relationships is to listen and to do what? Ask questions. Right. The next one. Maximize the gift of access Still on this, let me go quickly Maximize the gift of access When you have access to those ahead of you Manage it with wisdom <clears throat> Don't send all kinds of Funny enough, we have to see some of these things in church It's not your role to be sending all kinds of forwarded messages to those ahead of you You are not to give them information Oh, Sokoto is born Let's pray, forwarded as copied there are many people I've blocked off my WhatsApp line for disorderly behavior. On verified news, childish things, you want to greet someone who is above you in the morning, all kinds of scattered GIF. See, a serious person going about his life wakes up and there's a GIF dancing like a demonized person there. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. What nonsense is that? 
kind of nonsense is that? Kingdom almost look like, like, like demons being casted out. That is GIF. You just want to. Are you, are you joking? Social media does not reduce your age. You have to apply wisdom. The fact that you have WhatsApp access to someone does not mean you communicate with them the same way you communicate with your peers. Shorthand, all kinds of emojis, scattered statements, no greeting, nothing. And you think they'll take you serious? They won't. Oh no, they won't. Oh no, they won't. You know, some people send me a message, then I greet them. They now say, oh, sir, sorry, sir. Then they now greet. Don't lose home training when you chat. You will lose access. I know with the keyboard, you can send message to anybody. You know, I, I have this very interesting mentor in my life. You know, one time I sent him a message. Sent him, it was a lot of messages. I will send it properly. So he just sent me back. Say, your what you saying is not making sense. Go back, edit it, and punctuate it rightly. <laughs> in my mind, I would say, but do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't read it. He just said, go and punctuate it and write properly. I don't understand what you're writing. I had to, you know, those are the well, those are the kind of people ahead of me. So I don't have the room for foolishness. I don't have the room for foolishness. You see, you are blessed if you have people ahead of you that keep you in check. Many people don't have anyone in their life to keep them in check, not even their parents. There are people their parents have given up. Say, whatever you want to be in this life, I washed my hands. You know, there are people that have washed their hands on. Nobody's. Nobody. You're not. Nobody. Accountability is not a bad word, it's a good word. That's why, I don't know, in corporate organizations, when a younger manager is coming, what do they do? They pair him up, am I right? With an older manager. Say, do what? Learn on the job. Report to this person. That's, that's an earthly system to make sure you are fit. You went to school, you have the credentials, but they will say, listen, work with this person. So for older relationships, learn. Learn that. Do not reduce this relationship to only financial support. You can get a man's money, but not his wisdom. Never ask any of my mentors for funds. Not once. Not once. Not once. There are relationships you shouldn't put money first. Most times you have access to people that can change your life. You have ruined it with constantly asking for money. An interesting thing happened, you know. A, a, a young guy wanted me to preach for him. I didn't have any space in my schedule. And then I was going to be in the city. So I reached out to him and said, well, I'm going to be in your city. You can, I'll just maybe give you a deal. So he was so excited. Then he traveled for a wedding. He was stuck. Then he reaches out to me. I said, sir, uh, I'm not usually like this, but uh, I'm stuck. That in their transport to come back, guess, guess speaker. That in their transport to come back, he was stuck. He was actually stuck. So I sent him the money. Then he came back. Had a meeting for him. He refunded the money. But he told me a lot about his values. 
Because in the first place, we don't have a very vital ongoing relationship. It's a relationship we're just about to build. And listen, you should know a lot of people. You see, there is a reason why everybody around you is not helping you. There is a reason. Be careful of that. They say, well, why don't you, ah, I cannot go, everybody, everybody, that's why I just like to share my mind to strangers, because it's a lie, go back home. There is a reason, it's either you have, you have exhausted the available mercy. How many of you used to play Mario in those days? You know, Mario has life, right? So if you jump, 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 and all your life is finished. So some of you have exhausted the mercy, the bowels of mercy around the people around you. You have finished it. House rates, children's school fees, food, this one. So when you have finished that now, when you send them message, they don't pick again. You are not praying for destiny helper. It's sense you need. That somebody is your destiny helper. Should the person not die? Is it God? So when so you, you you need to be wary of people that cannot access help immediately around them. Watch what I'm saying. Because if you are in need now, your first point of contact should be the people around you, not an outsider. But when you have exhausted your bowels of mercy, or you have not treated those relationships well, or you have been ungrateful when you were last helped, then you are not looking for outsiders. A relationship you should glean wisdom from. Don't put money first. People can give you money and not their wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remember the prodigal son? Hmm? He asked the father for wealth. What did the father do? Say, take. And the man spent everything. He ran back to the father's house. And if you follow me, it's part of what I was posting yesterday. Eh? It was when he started eating pig's food, he now valued the kind of food he was eating in his father's house. You see, some of us think our life is bad until we are thrown into some kind of experiences. Sometimes you don't even know the goodness of people towards you until you hit certain places in your life. Sometimes you don't know the value of the people you have access to. You know, something came up in my life one time. This heavy crisis, it was intense. And you know, I got angry. I just got angry. I just said, you know what? I'm going to cut this person off. I'm going to cut this person off. Then I sat down. You know, I sat down, and as I was talking, my wife was just saying, calm down, calm down. I said, no, I'm not coming down. Then later I calmed down. On my own, then I was just thinking. I was thinking, then I said, see, this relationship, I have spent this and this amount of effort to build it. It is this person that wants to destroy this relationship. So you know what? I will exit this one and keep this one. So you realize that sometimes in life, some relationships, you need to keep them. If a man has given you access, don't allow that access to be restricted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on church, are you following me now? You have an uncle who is helping you once in a while. Don't finish all the help you will need in this life in one year. Learn to ask questions, the right questions. Learn to ask the right questions. Number two, those who are your peers. Those who are your peers, your age mates, your colleague. Number one, 
under this, ensure that values and vision is driving this friendship. The, every friendship you are with your friend should be values and vision. What is my value? What is my vision? That's what should drive it. Nothing else. Values and vision. Come on, everybody say values. And what? And vision. That means there are certain discussions that should not play, take place in certain friendships. That, that we don't talk that. We, we know we don't talk that. Your, your, your Christianity should drive your discussion. This evening, if you are single, make sure you are in church. I'm teaching on who can a believer marry, and tonight is going to be really good. Make sure you're here. Ensure that values and vision is driving this friendship. This friendship must not be competitive but challenging. It must not be competitive but challenging. It's not that both of you are competing against each other, but both of you are challenging each other to become the best. So, you, let's say you have friends, and this one is... You know, you are not competing, but you are inspiring each other. By the time you are together, you live inspired. It should inspire you to new levels of possibility. Every friendship should lead you, inspire you to new, new levels of possibility. In my book, Love, Lost, and Lies, I talked about Tama, how his friends inspired him to sleep with the king's daughter, gave him crude wisdom, and said, You know what? Tell the, the lady you are sick. <laughs> so he pretended he was sick. Say, uh, Bring the food to my bedroom. I cannot come out and brought the food. Say, Let me eat from your hand. Can I wisdom? You see, when you have friends that are beginning to make you drop your boundaries, eh? it will lead you to where you don't want to end up. By the time the rape happened, it was another story. That thing caused major crisis in the scriptures. And it's not that at the beginning, it, that was not the plan. It happens as boundaries kept going down. So you have to make sure that your friends lead you to deeper convictions of God. I'm very wary of friendship. Ah, man. If there's anything in this life, <laughs> I am. Like I said, I'm at peace with all men. But for me to introduce you as my friend, it'll take time. It'll take time. It will take time. Because your values have to be consistent in every area of life. It has to be consistent. You can't afford it. You cannot afford it. You cannot afford it. Are your friends leading you to deeper convictions in God? Are they inspiring you to new levels of possibilities? And let me tell you this in life A compromise You know sometimes you look at it like Oh if this person compromises with me They won't compromise with someone else No, it tells a lot about your value system You should have your personal values And If you have your personal values Whatever relationship or friendship you are in Should be based on those values This is who I am This is it these are my values. 
Praise God. Values towards every area of life. It, it guides you. It, it, you. You have to guide yourself. You still have a long way to go. I usually do not keep company with ministers who bowed mouth older ministers. I won't do that. So I don't have that value system. Are you following this? I will not be in a company of a minister who sees people as, you know, who wants to turn stones to bread. The scripture says we are lively stones. And then the devil told Jesus, turn stones to bread. What he's trying to say is feed on those people. Let them become your food. You know, when you see the number of people, then your heart just goes up and says, today is a good day. You know, I was preaching somewhere. I think I've said this story before when I was being younger. So they used to... Um, uh, at a market called Okere Wood Market in Wari. We used to go there and preach to the wood sellers in the morning before they start. You know, so I'll be teaching them the word of God, teaching them these things, how they can get values and everything. Ah, so the, one of the pastors I was preaching with called me. I said, my, say my, my, my son, you are a young man in this job. Bro. I said, yes, sir. He said, that's not how they do it. Bro. So I said, what, sir? He said, no, 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 no. These people's this people's pocket is deep, oh. you have to shook hand and bring more. Ah, the way you are preaching, they will not give us offering. So I say, I'm not necessarily preaching for me. They shut up. And you do minister, I say, I'm not preaching for offering. <laughs> they don't check it. Ah, I thought the man was joking. So I'll preach this week, he'll preach the next week. I'll preach this week, he'll preach. One time I went the next week, they now said, oh, the man couldn't come, oh, but that he brought the pure water. So I said, pure water for what? He said, no, that he said, both of us have agreed that we are going to pray on pure water. That's the water they will drink right. <laughs> I didn't agree on this pure water issue. And so I blessed, blessed it for them. Then the next day he called me that he's going to tell them that there's a pot that is at the center of that market that we need to dig. <laughs> now, so I said, you can't do that. And I said, no. And so I now asked him a question that if, uh, if they go there now and dig that pot and they don't find the pot, what will happen? He said they will find pots. Then I went back. I just told the man that invited me. I said, you know what? I'm not going to preach in that place again. Because the man was a member of our church, their vice president was a member of our church. So I said, I'm not going to preach. He said, ah, why now? I said, I didn't tell him this, this stuff. So it was later he now told me that, ah, that's a, what God did, he, because he himself was sick, or come, I'm not coming back, that what God did in the market today was surprising. Though. I said, what happened? He said, this man came, he preached, preached, God opened his eyes. He now saw pots. They thought he was joking. They now went. They dug the place. They saw the pot. They now had to give offering. I said, wow, you people saw pots. See, you saw pots. Say, yes, you saw it. Say, yeah, he was there. They dug it. That this man is a powerful man of God. I said, yes, he is. Because it takes a powerful man of God to look into believers in their eyes that have been redeemed and lie to them and extort for them. It takes the power of Satan. It's wickedness. And for a man to do that, he's a powerful evil man. So I agree with him. So you should have your values. Did I need money then? I just started out in full-time ministry. Left you service and no salary. 24 years. Sometimes I'll check to that market. Did I need the money? Yes, sir. But did I have my values? Yes, sir. 
Today, whether he's still in the ministry, I'm still digging pots. I don't know. Maybe he'll be using excavators now, but the ministry would have grown that he digs. He digs with payloaders and excavators. Bless God for his life. But you have to. What are your values? As a single girl, what are your values? As a single brother, what are your values? Don't justify your lack of values for friendship. Admit that your values are not as precious to you as you thought. Because if they are, you would uphold them. And I'll talk about this when we get into marriage. We've come into a generation now where people are wanting people to get pregnant before they can propose to them because they want to know who is fertile. Including in what we call the body of Christ. That's an extra body, not the real one. Today we'll have people in relationships in church. I mean, all kinds of crazy things going on. It's just to change the name. It's my fiancé, it's my fiancé. You know when you say fiancé, fiancé, that means you can extend the subscription for another eight years. And you're in relationship for eight years. Even some marriages don't last that long. <laughs> Dated sister A, you are not compatible. Dated sister B, you are not compatible. Dated sister C, you are not compatible. The Holy Spirit in you didn't give you direction. You should know you have a problem. And what are we talking about? Peers, because peer influences are coming on. Exciting. I mean, we have to talk about these things. Right? So your peers, you should follow people who've got the same values, uphold the same values. Respect the same people you respect. Hold in high esteem the same people you hold in high esteem. And value the people you hold valuable. That's how you should manage this relationship. Peer's relationship must always be subjected to values, vision, and virtues. Now, if, if not, you will miss it. Your generation can mislead you. Because some things can be popular in a generation that what? That are not correct. Are you following this? My, my son, I saw his faith list. He was believing God for certain things. So... I stumbled on it, so I saw phone. So I told him, I said, see, in this house, it is, you get phone with your admission letter. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's admission letter, and you are entering the school gate, they will now give you. You can't get missing. They, that's not how you get missing. You are told. Everybody recognizes you. So that one, I have stopped it in the hands of God. It's not a prayer point. You are not praying about it. You are not believing God. God is not answering it. It's just my value. It's, it's admission later, 100 level and phone. That's where you're going to. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have to create that. You have to create that. Every relationship has to have what we call defining boundaries. What are the boundaries on this relationship? Those beneath you. Who are those beneath you? Those you are pouring into. Be intentional and deliberate to coach, to mentor, to pour your life into someone. Second Timothy 2.2 The things you have heard from me, commit to faithful men. 
Paul, those are those below you. You don't despise those below you. You pour into them. You give them. You mentor them. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, let's go quickly. Let's go very quickly so I can wrap this up. Your time is split between these three relationships every time in your life. Time is the most valuable asset you have in this life. It determines the outcome of your life. Define three things. Number one, define the realistic expectation in every relationship. Please, 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 every relationship should be defined. As a pastor and a member, there are boundaries of my relationship with you. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? There are boundaries. There are certain cases they brought to me in church and I said, you know what? This is not a case for pastor and member. This is a case that family should do what? Should handle. And I send the people back to your family. They say, but are you not a man of God? Yes, but there are limits to certain decisions I can take in people's life. Are you following this? There are boundaries. Every relationship should have boundaries. There are boundaries in every, sorry, expectations in every relationship. What do you expect? If you have unrealistic expectations, it will create unhealthy Issues for you. For instance, someone is your mentor. If you feel that person should be giving you money, you will be offended at that relationship. Am I right? <laughs> one of the earliest examples was this. One of my late mentor, Reverend Tony Atip. Um, he was my mentor for 14 years before he passed on. You know, at one year I was so offended at him. So upset. I didn't go for his meetings for like six months. He used to call me Maximo. So what happened was, we had a meeting, you know, and I invited him and everything. It was really great. Then he had a meeting and he invited one of my, you know, not my friend, but my peer. And in fact, in my mind, I know that I can preach more than this guy. In my mind, I said. So I was like, ah, ah, me that I'm submitted to him. Why did he not invite me? This one, that I was so angry. So one day I called, I went to him and I said, well, this is why I've not been coming around and everything. He now told me something I've never forgotten. He said, he said, Maximum, I like you a lot. He said, what you have in you, you would create platforms that other people will want to speak on. He said, what that guy has, he will need platforms. And that's why I gave him platforms. You are a creator of platforms. And looking back down the years, that's what has happened. So, it, my expectation was because, well, I didn't know so much then. My expectation was because he was my mentor. His job was to promote me. So that unrealistic expectation created what? Offense. So every relationship, what are the expectations? What roles are you expecting people to fill in your life? You cannot have a friend who is just a friend and he's filling boyfriend role in your life. Hello? The high is low. Hello? So do you understand if you have a friend... You need, we will talk about tonight. Make sure you're here. Do you understand? Because if he's now filling that role, it's an unrealistic expectation. That's why you cannot have somebody as a woman, you are now going to cook in his house, do stuff, and do all of that thing. I say, I'm just helping him since he has no one around him. He has no one around him. So you are now omnipresent. Are you following what I'm saying here? You see, we, we laugh about these things, but the compromise we talk about in church today started from all of these boundaries we dropped. Do you know there were days that if you had to meet with the opposite test, it had to be in a central place. 
How many of you grew up in those kind of Christianity? You couldn't. You, you had to go somewhere where everybody... You had to. But then we got into grace. Say, it's not your works, it's your heart. It's not your works, it's your heart. And then we impregnated everybody. <laughs> we can see the heart. You say, oh, I didn't mean it. No, 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 no. You can't mean it. How will you mean it? No, you didn't mean it. No, you can't mean it. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can't mean such evil. And I've always said this. Trust the systems you've put in place. We came from a church where they gave systems. And if you worked with those systems, we're not saying they were perfect. They helped you. Are you following this? This thing applies everywhere. That's why even young preachers, I tell them, when you go and preach, carry your transport to and fro. It's unrealistic expectation to now feel that when you finish preaching, your transport is in the honorarium they are going to give you. You know that kind of expectation can make you angry. When I say, man of God, you bless us, thank God for your lives, uh-huh. you know, we will we, we get back to you. Say, what are you? Get back to you. <laughs> you <find us> serious. <laughs> Funny things we've heard in ministry. I had to preach somewhere, so they, they gave me an envelope. So I, it, it's, it's quite interesting, right? Well, my mentor taught me that, that when somebody gives you an envelope, never look at it before you pray. You know, because someone gives you an envelope and you can feel like and you open it. I said, ah, pray I wanted to bless you. Let me divide it into three. So, funny enough, I went somewhere and, um, to preach. And then they handed me an envelope. So, I just prayed, bless the church and went out. So, I got to my hotel room and I opened it. It was empty. So, I was wondering... <sighs> you are wondering what I was wondering, are you? Like... <sighs> So I called the guy. I said, uh, sorry, maybe that was a mistake. He said, no, 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 that is a, it's an envelope of faith. <laughs> you know, I was almost tempted to say, faith kill you there. But I didn't say that. <laughs> so, so I had learned that anywhere you go to, take your transport. Because I had a terrible experience when a friend of mine sent me to go and preach. It was one of these big churches. The pastor who was my mentor in school sent me to go and preach in a particular church. He didn't know that their headquarters had sent somebody. So I went that day and he said, oh, they already sent somebody from headquarters. And that church, their system is unbreakable. It is who preaches they give honorarium. And the honorarium is recorded from both headquarters. The person signs how much he collected. So they couldn't give me anything. I was in Oruro, and I had to go back to school. That day, I started trekking from Oruro, but if you were later, back to Abaka. I, on the road, and I said, God, I know I've been foolish all my life, but if you will help me today, this is the last day I'll go anywhere to preach. <laughs> you know, and somebody came and picked me, but that was the last day. But what am I saying? I had unrealistic expectations. What's the relationship? My relationship is to go there to preach. They have the responsibility of providing honor. But listen, that can be optional. So, wisdom demands that I am able to go and come. If I'm not, I shouldn't go. Do do you understand that? You just have clear expectations. This relationship, what's the expectation? Number two, every relationship should have boundaries. Don't throw emotions in a relationship that's going nowhere. 
Don't throw emotions in a relationship that is going nowhere. This is not just about boys and girls. Some of us have friends that we know in the last 10 years. There is no progress. This friend is not going anywhere. They are not trying to improve their career. They are not trying to... And you keep pouring emotions. Keep pouring emotions. I can't leave my friend like that. I can't leave my friend like that. Listen, if that friendship is not going anywhere, just cut it off. Don't throw emotions into it. Alright? So this is not just about boys and girls. It's about everyone. This relationship, you're pouring all your emotion. It's like you are mentoring someone and, you know, ever learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How long will you mentor them? How long will you give them money? How long will you be there? So you've got to really know um, what are the boundaries? At what time should you put certain boundaries? At what time should people qualify for your access? If you're giving them access and they misbehave, at what time should they qualify for your access? Define the proper contribution in every relationship. What contribution are you giving in this relationship? As a church member, what's your contribution? As, my, as a pastor, what's my contribution? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this, my friend's life, what's my contribution? Alright, let me give you this quickly. Our time is gone and I still have to just do this. How, how to exit relationships. Okay, write this scripture down. Matthew 23, 2-3. Acts 23, 5. Let me see if I can do this quickly in 5 or 6 minutes. In Matthew 23, 2-3. Acts 23, 5. All of them are 23. Matthew 23, 2-3. Acts 23, 5. In Matthew 23, 2-3, Jesus said... The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Go to the next verse. Therefore, all that they tell you to do and observe, but, sorry, therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. See, Jesus taught his disciples to honor the position of the Pharisees. He said, manage that relationship well, honor them. Their actions are inconsistent, but honor their office. That's why, listen, if you are rightly taught in the body of Christ, I don't care how crazy things go, you cannot just speak evil of the office of the president. Even if things are crazy, Scripture tells us to honor those in authority. You can make your case known without being insulted. Because the scripture says, coarse words should not come out of our mouth. Whether you're talking to the president or you're talking to the peasant. Alright, in Acts chapter 23 verse 5, very interesting. Paul said something, he made a statement, um, and then he, he, he insulted the high priest by what he said. So they told the person closest to him to slap his mouth. You know, in those days, church, it's not that uh, we pray about it. They just met out the judge. They slapped his mouth. So Paul says, and Paul said, I was not aware, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Paul had to apologize. Paul had to apologize. He said, oh, I'm sorry. He says, the word says, we shall not speak evil of the ruler of your... I did not know he was the high priest. Manage that relationship properly. Never complain about what you permit in a relationship. Never complain about what you permit in a relationship. If you permit iniquity in a relationship, don't complain when iniquity shows up. If you permit valuelessness, if there's any word like that, in a relationship, don't complain. Don't complain about what you permit in a relationship. If you permit carnality and ungodlessness, don't, com- don't complain when it starts rising. If you allow kinds of things to happen, don't complain. If you permit disrespect to your mentor, don't complain. A friend of mine called me 
Soon about my mentor in ministry. He, he said something, gave a prophetic word about something, 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 something somewhere. I don't want to mention the names. No, he was following someone. And then he called me. He says, yeah, this thing this person did, is he right? Uh, what do you think, man of God? So I said, I don't discuss my mentors. It's not in my position to discuss them. I learn from them what I want to learn, but I don't have that conversation. I don't speak in matters too high for me. That's my value. I don't care how close you are to me. I will not discuss my mentors with you. Never. In a bad light, no, sir. Never. It won't happen. Come out of my mouth. That's my value. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So never complain about what you permit in a relationship, which means that if you permit ungodliness, don't complain about it. If you permit lack of values, don't complain about it. If you permit disrespect, don't complain about it. If you permit dishonor, don't complain about it. How to exit relationships? Number one, exit relationships gracefully. When you are shutting down a relationship, do it gracefully. Don't slam the doors. Politely exit relationships. I'm going to go fast. That time is gone. Get the message. Number two, reduce communication. I've always thought this communication is what increases relationship. Number three, clear all assumptions. Have a conversation. If you want to exit a relationship, don't worry, you'll get the audio right as much as you can. If you want to exit a relationship, sit down and have a discussion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This relationship here and here and here, I don't think it will take us this way, that way, that way. This should have a clear, don't just have a clear cut relationship. Iron out issues. Don't leave any relationship with unspoken conversations. Sometimes those conversations are difficult, right? I remember one time they were passing a book around. What's it called? Is it crucial conversations or what? I think it was crucial conversations. I read it that time. Yeah, you must have some very difficult conversations in life. Some of your friends, you have to beat them by with well, proper conversation. And learn this because some of you break girls' hearts with text messages and blocking number. Is is in fact you should be flogged. I'm not doing it again. Thank you for your time. Anyway, I've offended you. Forgive me. All the best. Man, block WhatsApp, block French Facebook. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Are, you? are you a human being? You treat somebody's emotions and everything with... <sighs> Come this evening. <laughs> Exit relationships with forgiveness. Okay? Exit if you like, don't come. We're going to drag you from your house. Exit relationships with forgiveness. Okay? So, if there is a hurt in a relationship, don't close the relationship with that hurt. Alright? Let there be forgiveness. Alright? Then exit relationships with promise fulfilled. If, for instance, you want to cut off a relationship but there was a promise to, let's say, pay school fees, help something, help something, just fulfill your promise. You can exit a relationship with promises fulfilled. Don't exit relationships with promises hanging. Is that okay? Then exit relationships with courage. No relationship is easy to exit. So there, there has to be a level of courage there. Let's read two scriptures and then we close. Or four scriptures. I'll just write them down. Just write them down. I'll read them and then we'll close. Ephesians 6.6. 6, you can put it up. Just write them down. Ephesians 6.6. 6, we should not be in any relationship out of eye service. Not by way of eye service or as men pleasers. Listen. Don't do any relationship out of eye service or men pleasing. Men pleasing. 
You stay strict to your values. If I had time, I would have talked about Daniel. Daniel stayed with his values, did his job well. Even when persecution came, he stayed with his values and trusted God. So don't do, don't do eye service. Don't do when people are around you. Start, no, don't do that. Okay? Don't bring false honor into relationships where you have no respect for the person. Then, and we do that a lot here because we want to gain favors from people. So when we see some kind of people, we just run around and say, don't mind them, stupid man. It's not because of job I'm looking for. Who will greet him? I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. All right? Then, First, First Timothy 5.1. I really want, to, want us to read this. It says, never speak harshly, put in New Living Translation, never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. Treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. So when you come to younger men and sisters, he added the word with all purity, which means that any relationship that a guy has with a girl, the test, the value test of that relationship is purity. That's what the scripture says. That's how, the, the, the test, there should be purity boundaries in the test. That's why you can't allow your emotions to go before logic. Alright? But what I want to pick here is that for older men, it says speak to them as to who your own father. That means that listen to me, listen to me as a child of God. If you meet anybody that is older than you, you treat that person as your own father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are working in the office. If everybody is older than you, whether you are wearing the same badge or not, treat them as a father. Praise God. Treat them as a father. Older women, treat them as your mother. Don't say, oh, because maybe you went to, they sent you from your office to some place and the security man is old and is behaving rudely. You start talking to the person. No, 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 no. You talk to that person as your father. If somebody treats you wrongly and you start reacting wrongly, something is also wrong with you. Your own reaction should be based on what? Your value system, not their reaction to you. Is that okay? In fact, it's a law in the Old Testament. Leviticus 19.32. It says, you are to rise in the presence of the elderly. Honor the aged and fear your God. It says, when a man with white hairs comes into the congregation, you say, rise. Those white hairs are not cheap. He <laughs> says, you are to rise. Leviticus 19.32. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly. Honor the aged and fear your God. It puts it alongside the fear of God. So the fear of God is represented in how you honor older people. I think one of the first cultures we are losing is the fact that ah, I don't think we respect old people anymore. Hmm? You know, we have grown up in a generation where a young person can see you and say, Hi. Can we tell you two fingers in the air? That's your father's age. See, let me tell you, honor and respect will take you farther than you ever thought. Nobody promotes dishonor. Don't be this generation, this generation, their time has passed, their time has passed. You will need somebody from the time that is passing to help you get to the future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In life, you can't promote yourself. Are you hearing this? You, you can't promote yourself. You can't promote yourself. First Peter 5.5 five. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Last scripture. Paul had final closing. This is my final closing. 
when we quote this scripture, God opposes the proud, but give grace to the humble. We always think it is humility to God. That's not what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is saying that it is the way you subject yourself to elders and that you clothe yourself with humility that will be the test of God exalting you. Because, and I can prove it from the scripture, the scripture says you cannot honor God you don't see when you dishonor the man you see. So, how God will know that you honor him is how you honor the men that are ahead of you. So, humility is not, I don't respect anybody, I fear God. We will soon fear you. Because what will happen in your life, it will be fearsome. Are you sharing what I'm saying? Listen, it will not cost you anything to work on your relationships. Are you sharing what I'm saying? Even when people leave the church, we maintain that relationship. So that if they need to come back, they are welcome back. Are you blessed this morning? I didn't hear that. Are you blessed this morning? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for these words. We ask that you would cause these words to flow in our hearts and they'll be engraved in our hearts. We pray that relationships that we've destroyed out of ignorance, we pray that you would have mercy. We ask that you will lead us into relationships that will strengthen us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, I've got a couple of announcements this morning. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.